So we are starting today chapter 3 from the Uddhav Gita. Now this is the book that we have been continuing. It's called the last message of Sri Krishna. Uddhava is being taught by Sri Krishna just before Krishna passes away. So we are doing Uddhava Gita chapter 3 verse 1. The Brahmana said, O King, the enjoyment that comes to being through the senses is met with in heaven as well as in hell. Just as misery is, hence the wise man should not hanker after it. So who is the Brahmana? Brahmana here is the Avdhuta. And who is telling? Yadu. So Dattatraya is giving instructions to Yadu. He is telling him these different teachers where he learned the different things from. So what is he talking about here? He is talking about another one of his teachers. But before, he, before we introduce the topic of the teacher, he is giving an idea about something which is very unique. He says, O King, the enjoyment that comes to being through the senses is met with in heaven as well as in hell, just as misery is. Hence the wise man should not hanker after it. So we are talking about two places. Alright. One is on the earth, everything that happens to you. And then he is talking on the nether worlds like the heaven and the hell. Alright, two places. Now imagine what he is saying. Does it have any significance? Ratatra is saying that the pleasures or misery that you experience on earth in your daily life can be experienced in heaven and hell also. It teaches us that heaven and hell as described by all the religions in this world whether it is Sanatana Dharma, whether it is the Hinduism or Christianity or any other religion in the world the heaven and the hell are unique places. They are full of pleasure as well as pain. So whatever you experience on earth through your senses is also experienced in the heaven and the hells of the other world. Doesn't that tell you something different? We always thought going to heaven was a great thing. And going to hell means full of misery. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. If you are in politics, you would rather go to hell. Right? <laughs> actually, actually, heaven is also full of politics. Let me put it this way. Why is heaven full of politics? Is because we have Indra Dev. You know, Indra Dev is the head of all the gods. I mean, he is the king of gods and he is a very great politician. He will come up with this and then he will come up with that and then he will change sides over here and change sides over there and he goes on and on and on. So whatever pleasure that you experience in this place on earth, 
let us say the pleasure of say watching a movie or going for a holiday or eating an ice cream i mean these are small pleasures very tiny pleasures in our life or we are getting married you know or having children it's it's supposed to be a pleasure does it happen in the heaven and the hell also of course it happens in the heaven and the hell in heaven also you will get all the pleasures don't they talk about so many beautiful women in heaven huh they are talking about apsaras and all the dancers and this and that oh my god i mean on earth they may have that dolby digital atmos sound and all i think in heaven they will have something better than that i'm sure about it you know they must be hiring the people from the sound department from hell and saying oh, come on rectify my sound over here <laughs> so in heaven you will hear it from i think all the places <laughs> and of course on earth we have set design all right heaven set design must be really fabulous and fantastic think about it it's like a movie you know you are a movie star there maybe or maybe you are a side actor or maybe you are a, you know nobody there <laughs> just watching all the gods perform so let us see in hell well hell will surely have that music which you see you know heavy rock metal and so on and so forth <laughs> i mean that is what we think the devil must be liking what think and here dattatreya is saying you get to enjoy those things see when we talk of misery also a misery is enjoyable have you have you have you understood why how misery is enjoyable look at all those druggies out there they love to enjoy <laughs> they will take the injection and they will be uh, lost in this this world of theirs they love the misery that comes with it you know the the colors the beautiful auras that surround them the way they look at things it's a it's completely a distorted version of this universe and they enjoy it so what makes you think that you cannot do the same in heaven or hell now this is where the main issue is why is it that we enjoy on earth the same thing that we enjoy in heaven or hell now i am talking about enjoyment okay enjoyment can be anything misery is also an enjoyment <laughs> people love to be miserable also sometimes how do they enjoy you enjoy with your senses isn't it so doesn't that tell you something that even when you die you still have the senses and the sense organs to accompany you only the physical organs are missing you see physical organs means like you, you will not have a face you see an invisible man something like that you know you have no face no no you don't have to pour anything on yourself to have a face okay otherwise tomorrow you will say don't worry the idea that you don't have a face is good enough you see you may think you know my enemy is not seeing me 
or that fellow i don't want to ever meet that guy again is not seeing you of course he is seeing you he is as invisible as you are <laughs> so think about it so that person whom we so much want to detest isn't it the same person it's pretty hot so isn't it the same person that we get to meet over there provided he is with the same compartment as you okay that means you are going to heaven or maybe you are in heaven and he is in the same compartment in heaven but let us say he is gone to hell then you are safe okay but otherwise <laughs> you know you are going to have company they are going to be as much enjoying as you are now think about it do you think there is going to be competition of course there is going to be competition don't you know the story from the the churning of the ocean where you know mohini was giving amrita to everybody and everybody was ogling her huh i'm sure you know about all that and then all the gods were running after her also so there is going to be competition so in heaven also you please be careful you better have a very good facial expression good body you know i mean that invisible body of course i don't know how invisible body can be good but of course if you if somebody can get a mohini kind of a person and how is mohini kind of a person good enough that means we need to have some great eyes also invisible eyes invisible eyes invisible body invisible nose invisible ears maybe you got super hearing right so all these things do have significance here because they don't leave you so if you die and if you go to heaven or hell you have greater competition over there and by the way you go to heaven and you have a competition can you murder that person because there is competition you can't because that person is in heaven so your competition is going to be far tougher than anything else right so be careful what you are thinking of so don't even think of going to heaven or hell did you get the point because at the end of the day you are still carrying your organs with you organs are not physical organs the ones which are called subtle so you have your subtle body with you and this subtle body goes along with you right now if you are going to carry all the bodies that means you are going to be a part of heaven and hell which means you are doing your enjoyment and misery together and here you are sitting for getting release liberation you know what liberation means i don't want to go to heaven and i don't want to go to hell and i don't want to go to earth also so then where do you want to go and that is what buddha wanted to find out and buddha said one thing very clearly he said okay i don't want to go to heaven i don't want to go to hell where do you think i should go so he said i don't want to go anywhere you know there is a word irvan have you heard of this word E R E W H O N, huh? Have heard of this word? That's the place you want to go. Now turn the word reverse. It means nowhere. 
Okay? Nowhere. I don't want to go anywhere. Nowhere. And that is the reason why he invented the concept of what is called as nothingness. So he wants to go into nothingness, which is called shunyata. I don't want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. And I don't want to come back on the earth. So I want to go nowhere. And there are stories written on nowhere. And that is what you should also think of because that is what we are trying to do over here. So enough of this verse, no? <laughs> Let us move on to who is this great teacher. So we are doing Uddhav Gita chapter 3, verse 2. Whether food be delicious or insipid, sumptuous or scanty, the sage who lives like a python, python's life, should take just what comes of itself without exerting for it. This verse is a little bit dicey. Okay, Let us see the verse once again. It says, Whether food be delicious or insipid, sumptuous or scanty, the sage who lives like a python's, who lives a python's life should take just what comes to of itself without exerting for it. Now, a disclaimer over here. Don't try this at home. Don't try this at home, please. Tomorrow you cannot sit like a python. I just hope you know somebody is going to come and give you food. It's not going to happen. It happens to the sages, not to people like you know, average human beings, it never happens. Unless and until you are sitting <laughs> somewhere, you know, like have you seen that uh, ratatouille? No, that movie called Ratatouille. It's about a rat and he becomes a chef. Okay. <laughs> and the entire gang of rats are in the sewers outside and they get free food from the restaurant. <laughs> so you are, don't become like that. What I mean is you don't have to do something like that. But this is a story of the next guru of Dattatray. And the next guru of Dattatray is called the Python. I'm sure, have you seen a Python? A long, sneaky fellow. You know, by looking at a python, a person gets scared. <laughs> and there are some people who will say, I don't want to go to that section of the zoo. <laughs> Why? Because there are only snakes over there. I still remember there was a movie called Anaconda. And when the movie came out, everybody was afraid of all the snakes in the world. <laughs> it was like a snake fear. And then we had the snakes on the on the you know air, air, aircraft or something like some movie like that. And then people were afraid, you know, they were thinking rather their seat or here or there. And then there was another movie in India many years ago. That was the first movie of Amitabh Bachchan, and it was called Bombay to Goa. Okay, I read that there is one lady she brings a snake on board. <laughs> the snake slips away on the bus. And you can imagine what would happen after that. And there were some brilliant songs and all that kind of It was a very beautiful movie. So, coming back to this Python. Now, who is this Python? Python has got a very unique capability. And that capability is he can sit in one place unmoved. He doesn't move. Just imagine he's sitting over there. You know the slit eyes of his. He may be just showing a little bit over. 
sometimes you will see he is folk tongue coming out <laughs> otherwise he is just sitting over there doing nothing he just sits over there he is a patient guy very very patient you know we have never we are most impatient people in the world if you are hungry have you ever seen a person who is hungry <laughs> and when the hunger strikes you i want to eat something 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 and the person starts getting angrier by the minute because that person wants to eat and there are lots of people who have not eaten anything they are, they can never be a python okay <laughs> they are the most disturbed people on earth so never go near a person who is very hungry by the way does it mean that python is not hungry no his stomach is growling most probably but yet he will say i'm going to sit over here then some rodent will come over there imagine the rodent coming next to him and yet he is he's got his eyes closed and nothing is happening and suddenly ah <laughs> and the rodent goes in his mouth <laughs> this is how a python is he doesn't even move from his place so in this case we are describing a python now think about it do you think python needs a buffet or an a la carte just imagine a python is going to the dinner to the dinner table and saying that rat is not good that one is fat enough i think he must be very tasty he doesn't do any of those things he doesn't even describe or think of or maybe you know i want him like this no he doesn't care why because this is the guru of datatraya you when you are a sage you don't bother whether the food is good delicious not delicious it's insipid it has no salt in it it has salt in it it is too salty it is too sweet or it is not sweet at all his job is just to eat when it is right in front of his nose now this teaches us something really very very important now what is this important teaching you know we strive so hard for food man literally says i work so hard for getting food on the table this is what he says that means you need to work hard and python doesn't work hard does it mean that the python is a bad guy and you are a good guy no it only tells you something very very important and what is that whatever is meant for you will come to you just like that rodent comes near the snake this python on its own okay you don't have to actually exert to go and run and catch some animal Which, which means you don't have to go and exert for food so much 
When you are a sage, the food will come to you. Ramana Maharishi's example is one of the greatest. Now Ramana Maharishi was sitting in Virupaksha cave. And as a young boy, imagine sitting over there in meditation for years. Somebody discovered him. Oh, there is somebody sitting over there. This gentleman went and took the food for Ramana. And Ramana's eyes were closed and he was sitting in a state of Samadhi for many days, rather years. So what did this gentleman do? He used to open the mouth of Ramana and would put the food in his mouth. Ramana is the greatest example of a python story. Dattatra is python, the guru. Ramana was practicing it. Think. Another story comes to my mind where one day a young monk was just come out of you know a monastery. He is going out into the world. So when he is going out into the world, what happens to him? His guru has told him you can beg for food from four places. Now when we say a, a monk can beg for food from four places, the first thought that comes to the mind is, can he not work? Young person, he should be working, no? I will tell you something. Everybody has been given a Swadharma. The monk Swadharma is to rectify all the evils of this world, to spread the goodness around, to teach a story. This will tell you the reason why a teacher of management will never become a multimillionaire or a billionaire. Why? I mean, he may become like that by uh, doing some classes and all, but otherwise he will not start a business simply because he is a teacher. So a teacher's job is to teach. A person who wants to make money will make money. Everybody has their job cut out. It's like a motor mechanic is a motor mechanic. You can't tell him that, you know, my uh, slippers are broken, can you? He's not a cobbler. Okay, a cobbler is a cobbler. A motor mechanic is a motor mechanic. You, you, did you understand this? Everybody has been given their places. Likewise, the sage or the saint or the monk has been given a place. So coming back to the story, this monk has started off in the world. So he goes out. Now he's been told by his guru to go and search for food. I mean, you can beg for food at four places. So he goes to the first house and knocks on the door. So when he knocks on the door, now imagine this monk, he must have joined the monastery when he was just one or two years old. Small baby. Maybe the, the, the child was found by the you know, head monk or something like that. Just think about it like that. So when he knocks on this door, a young girl opens. Okay? A matured girl opens the door. And he sees 
protrusions on her chest. She is having breast, of course. So he stares at and he says, what is this? So then he says, can you give me some food? So the young girl, maturing girl, she goes inside, tells her mother, there is a young monk over here. We need to give him some food. So the mother says, oh, just wait. I will get you some food. She goes inside, gets some food and comes out. And when she is offering the food, the monk says, I have a question to ask you. Does this girl have some problem or does she have some boils on her chest? So the mother realizes that this monk has never seen a young girl in his life. So she, now how do you explain to a monk this? So the mother says to the monk, You see, these are provisions made by God. So when she has children, they will be fed milk. Okay, through this breast. The monk says, Wow! When she is going to have a child? I mean, she is so young and then she is going to have a child. Maybe 10 years later. I don't know. But God has already made provisions for this. So, instead of taking that food which is offered, he just says thank you and walks away. So the mother calls out to him and says, Come here, come here. I was giving you some food and you are walking away. So the monk says to her, You see, if God has already thought so far in advance that when the child is going to be coming and he is going to make arrangements for this young girl, you know, to feed him by providing milk and breast, don't you think God has provided for me somewhere? He's already made those plans and he put them in place. So why do I need to bother so much about this food? So when the food is there, it will come to me. I don't have to go to the food. Now this is the way in which a, a spiritual person should live in this world. You know, I have covered another two more verses in this. <laughs> so let me just read the verses to you so that you will understand. Okay, so verse 3 says, He should lie many days without food and without exertion and if no food presents itself, then like the great python, he should abide by what destiny decrees. Right? Holding still the body, that's the next verse says, fourth verse says, Holding still the body endowed with energy, fortitude and strength, he should lie wide awake, wide awake and not exert even though having organs intact. So I covered these two. Now this sage which we were talking about, this monk, he understood what is the meaning of the words that God has already made provisions for me. As a human being, do you understand this? No. Human beings really don't understand. Average human beings have absolutely no understanding about this subject. They think they have to work so hard to get things, you know, coming their way. 
it's not important please understand this those who are on the path of spiritual those who understand spirituality they will know very well that everything is lined up along the way all junctions are destined you know they are there put over there properly everything is programmed to the last you know point why are we so much worried about things just imagine you are catching a flight you come to the airport and you suddenly come to know that your flight is 2 hours delayed and you have a connecting flight to catch and the worry is oh my god 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 i am going to miss my flight i am going to miss my flight then what is going to happen then i will have to go next day and then i will to... why are you worried what is this worry all about so let us say the person catches this flight the connecting flight will be delayed just because you don't understand how god has created this entire destiny for you nobody understands this we become so frail in front of god you know god can you please provide me with this god can you please provide me i have people begging me for some stupid things in this world as if i am some uh, you know agent for god i mean just can imagine sir 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 can i get this can i get this <laughs> don't bother your head about it just can you go just go don't worry things will fall in place imagine that think about it if you have to become the greatest stand up comedian on this earth don't you think the entire path is laid out for you think i don't think you have to bother your head about all these things your your destinations have been laid out clearly and if you have to reach from here to here you will reach so become like a python take it easy everything is laid out properly for you but have that faith in god the most important word here is called faith people are faithless that is the reason why you know things don't fall in place and then they will say then they'll keep on blaming god you couldn't even take care of me and all that have faith the python has a faith he knows very well i'm just going to lie over here somebody is going to come and <laughs> pop it is out and it happens you see how big a python is big fat fellow how did he become fat by the way just by sitting over there he got it other snakes are so thin and lanky like that and they have to forage for food they have to go here there here there here there everywhere python is a big fat fellow he just sits in one place you should not go and step on him by the way then you become his food okay so don't go like to tease him he can even eat you so don't don't bother your head about it so you have to be like a python and this is the truth which you need to understand you can lie without food for an exertion 
and the food will present itself. Okay. How does he do that? Here in verse number 4, my Gurudev says, Holding still the body endowed with energy, fortitude and strength. He should lie wide awake and not exert even though having the organs intact. There are places in world like Japan or Europe. You go and see those people over there. In some of the villages of Japan, there are people who live beyond 100 years. And I'm sorry, there are no gyms in that place. You see, where there are gyms, no people die very early. This is a secret which I will tell you. Why do they die early? Or what is the reason? What does the sage do? You see, the sage is sitting in one place and he is doing nothing, no? You know what he is doing actually? He just takes a breath. Your life is counted on the number of breaths that you take. Did you understand? Now when you go to the gym and go on a treadmill, you know what you are doing? You are breathing hard and fast. And every time when you breathe hard and fast, you know what is happening? Your meter is ticking, tick, 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 and you are coming closer towards your death. And these people in Japan or in Europe, you will find they can live for 100 years because it's a, it's a, it's a cool place. They don't exert themselves too much. They have simple activities and you will find them smoking also and drinking also. Okay. And they do things in a very slow, casual manner. The more you try to rush through in life, you are going faster towards your death. Can you slow down your life? You see, some of the greatest sages in this world, those who have lived for thousands of years, they take maybe one breath in their entire year. Now you will ask me, if somebody takes one breath, how can they live for the whole year? Isn't that what you will ask me? Okay. You know there is one person called Tom Cruise. You have heard of Tom Cruise? Huh? He makes these movies called Mission Impossible. In one of the Mission Impossible movies, he held his breath underwater for many minutes. I think 13 minutes if I am not mistaken. How could he hold the breath for such a long time? Try holding your breath for one minute and say, <gasps> You are going to become like this very soon. You see, you can't see color on my face, but those who are fair people, you know, they, they will become red immediately. <laughs> so, think like that. But you can hold your breath. But don't try this at home, huh? because you are not trained. So, the sage breathes very slowly. Just like this python, he lies in wait. You see, if he breathes and makes some noise, you know what's going to happen, no? 
whatever is coming near him will run away you know that isn't it some some creature is coming near him he does like this and the creature will run away so how does the python lie down all that you see i have one person in my group sentil <laughs> many times i have to ask him is your camera on or are you there you know the reason why he can remain still for the entire satsang and that's a very beautiful thing a person can do can you remain still there is a teen training called vipassana training i don't know whether you have heard of vipassana training in vipassana training you have to do silent meditation without moving like this or like this also sitting in one posture from morning to night sometimes it is 21 days sometimes it is 7 days i don't know how many days you have to be silent and you don't speak a word and you are given meals three times a day by the way you are not supposed to open your mouth also i mean to eat you can but otherwise during the day you can't open your mouth and say hi is your ass paining you can't ask this word because you are sitting in one position for so got a day <laughs> you know everything is going to ache is there any part of your body which is not going to ache just imagine sitting like this in one posture for the whole day <laughs> every part of your body is going to cry out to you this is hurting that is hurting that is hurting <laughs> and vipassana training is like that i don't know how they do it i have never tried oh yes of course i have tried all right one is to be silent for many days i have done that and yes i have sat in meditation from morning to night also without moving like this also no eye movement also no movement yes i have done that well it's very difficult so it's like a python okay so we go to the next verse verse number 5 we says this is uddhav gita chapter 3 verse 5 the sage should be placid and profound difficult to fathom and to cross over illimitable and immovable like the ocean with its mass of water at rest this is the next guru of datatraya which is the guru a mass of water at rest it's like an ocean you know the ocean is just going like that you know that no i mean not when it is in fury okay that only happens in pirates of the caribbean not otherwise <laughs> it pirates of the caribbean something or the other is happening all right now the ocean is actually placid it doesn't do anything but inside it what is there a whole load of huge fishes are going around there is volcanic activity there is so much of upheaval going on and yet the ocean is placid so he says the sage should be placid and profound difficult to fathom and to cross over illimitable and immovable like the ocean with its mass of water at rest 
placid and profound can you understand what is going on in the mind of this sage i want you to look at a, a picture of ramana maharishi or ramkrishna paramahansa and tell me whether you can think you can understand what is going on in their minds you can't even decipher anything you see because they look in a ramkrishna paramahansa is like this i mean you really wonder first is he thinking something no he is not even thinking anything and ramana maharishi have you seen ramana maharishi he is sitting in that cot office you know you see the films there are some films on youtube he just sitting over there lost like this so i'm not giving sai baba's example because sai baba would one day run after people with a stick okay <laughs> and sometimes he would throw a brick at them well he was also profound if you look at baba's you know image that is portrayed he would sit over there like that so you got to be placid and profound profound means you have knowledge and nobody understands it the depth of the knowledge which the sage has can never be understood first and foremost never go to any place and show that you know too much never if you really are the most intelligent person in the group never try to show off that you know everything please understand that there are people around you they can teach you simple simple things so in the material world our job is to not show off first now suppose you are going for a group activity first be silent and listen to everybody you will gather lot of information lot of knowledge lot of understanding will come to you and when it is your time which is in the end open your mouth it does not matter but if you open your mouth first and tell the world that i am the most you know intelligent person then you will be treated like dirt by everybody then you will be called an egotist okay they will look at you and say oh this fellow thinks no end of himself that's why i don't open your mouth a sage normally is behaving in the silent way he won't open his mouth he won't even say a word when chinmay ananda met his gurudev chinmay ananda remember was a very educated person and he was a scribe a reporter for a newspaper you know and uh, he met his gurudev in such a condition where the person who was sitting in front of him tapon maharaj was silent he never uttered a single word and chinmay ananda he was a talkative person and the sage was sitting in front of him he never said a word after chinmay ananda went on with his diatribe for quite some time then the guru opened his mouth and just pointed out to him that whatever you thought you spoke in your language is my mother tongue 
Malayalam was his mother tongue. Okay, <laughs> imagine that. And he knew. And he knew every word of English because he was a highly educated person. He had written so many books. So don't ever go in front of a, a sage and think that you can talk to him something great. No. They are always like this. They are profound. They are difficult to fathom. You are not supposed to show that you can be, you know. They are difficult to fathom and to cross over, to understand, you know, like we, we have to understand some people. I know you. You can't say that to a, a sage. I know you. Illimitable. You cannot put limits to the knowledge. You cannot put limits to what they can do in this world. And immovable. They cannot be moved. That means they are going to become rock steady. No. <laughs> immovable means their ideas are perfect. You don't need adjustments or changes in what they say. Correct? It's like, let us say, there is a sage and he makes a broth. You know broth? Like a soup kind of a thing. And he offers it to you. So don't point out to him that there is less of salt in this, there is more of water in this, there is this, there is that. Don't ever say that. You know the reason why? Sai Baba, in Shirdi, what he used to do? The big pot in which everybody would bring some food, he would put it in that, light a fire below, put some masala misala and all that, and with his bare hands, he would turn the whole pot. And whatever was the mixture, he would give people to eat. Those who came and asked for it as a prasad. And it was the tastiest. So at many a times, you know, don't go and say to the sage that your food is useless, you don't know how to cook. You never say these words. Because he has programmed it that way. He's immovable. He's made it for that reason. Got it? And this is the example which my Gurudev gives of ocean. An ocean is immovable. It is depth. It has got depth. It has got a lot of stuffiness inside of it. So a sage should always be like an ocean. So we have come to the end of verse 5 of chapter 3 from the Uddhav Gita. We will stop over here and next week we will continue from verse 6 onwards. Okay, so take care. You have a very good day.